It is very easy for us in our Catholic faith to fall into two extremes when trying to follow Jesus as Catholics. On the one extreme, we have the cookie-cutter Catholic, and on the other extreme, we have the precious snowflake Catholic. And I say these, this is extreme. This is for an example, so bear with me. On one hand, the cookie-cutter Catholic believes that everything that is me, that, is, you know, that makes me me, that makes me unique, has to disappear. In order to be a true and good Catholic, I have to act like the true and good Catholics. I have to pray a certain way. I have to go to Holy Communion a certain way. I have to disappear and be like everybody else. Rigid conformity, if you want to call it that. On the other hand, the precious snowflake Catholic is like, well, look at me and how wonderful I am. God created me this way. I'm not willing to change for anyone or anything. And this is oftentimes, this happens within us in, in both ways. I can look at my own life and I can see parts of my life, especially my younger life, but even now as a priest I still feel this way, of I sh- I'm entitled to this thing because of my gifts or because of my talents. I shouldn't have to change. The church should change or someone else should change. But I've also had moments in my life where, especially when I first became a Dominican, and I was realizing, like, am I supposed to be like all of these other friars? They're all huge nerds, and I'm a nerd. I get that. I'm not in any way dismissing my own nerdiness, but these guys make me look like outright, like just totally different. You know, like I, I went to parties in college. You know, <laughs> that, not you know, that's something to brag about. But I just was like, do I have to be exactly like them? And I felt like I needed to be. I felt like I couldn't be who I really felt like I was. But we we're, we're blessed, right? Because as much as these extremes can play in our life, we hear this beautiful second reading from St. Paul's letter to Timothy. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. Notice there is no qualifier there. That God desires and wills the salvation of all. And St. Paul, when he's writing to the Romans in chapter 12, he says, Do not be conformed to the world, but have your mind transformed. In other words, St. Paul is calling us to be saved and to live out our faith, not as the extremes of being the cookie cutter or the precious snowflake Catholic, but of being ourselves, but transformed. Transformed by the Word of God. Transformed by the grace that comes from the sacraments and living in the church. Real people living in a real world, dealing with real issues, responding with the grace that comes from God. We see this in the first reading and the gospel today, how what God is truly calling us to is not to flee from the world or to think we are better than everyone in the world and the exception to any of the rules, but to deal with the issues that come before us with prudence. Admittedly, the gospel is quite odd. This story of the steward who was basically fired and then asks for less than what is due to his master and then is praised. And then Jesus says that we should make friends with dishonest wealth. This doesn't seem like something Jesus would be commending or saying. But what is the master commending of the steward? It's his prudence. 
It's prudence is simply this. It's the right use of right reason. Of looking at all that is in front of us and choosing the best possible good. And this is what we are all called to do. And this is the transformation of mind that St. Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans. And this is what it means to come to the knowledge of the truth, is to know that God loves us so much that in every moment, as St. Paul says in the letter to the, first letter to the Corinthians, we are not being tested beyond the grace that God is giving us to make the right decision. To be able to look at the challenges that are before us, to take those in, to change our life, and to make the right decision. But that prudence is a virtue. It requires practice. What God desires for us, we see here, to act prudently means to serve the poor. As we heard in the first reading from the book of the prophet Amos, we have to serve the poor. That's part of our righteousness. But not only that, we have to use the gifts that we have to promote our holiness and virtue. Do you have a good sense of humor? Great. Develop that to make yourself holier. Do you have, you, you come from a wealthy family? Are you personally wealthy? That's fine. Use it to serve the poor and to build up your virtue. Are you struggling in this life? Are you in a moment of crisis? God is going to give you what you need to get through that so that you can draw closer to him, he can draw closer to you, and you can develop the skills to take on even greater obstacles in the future. But always as yourself. And it starts with this, for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us, if we desire to grow in holiness, for each and every one of us, if we desire to be simply a better person, if we desire to love more and to be loved more, it starts with this. Take an account of your life. An unrecollected life is one not worth living. Everything we do, we should be reflecting upon and asking myself, could I have done that better? Should I have said that? Should I have done that? How could I have handled that situation better or differently? When we do this, when we take that account, and then, here's the second most important thing, take that account, but to do what with that? Take it back to the Lord. Take it back to the Master. And friends, this is why it's so important and imperative in our life to go to confession and to go regularly. As beautiful as it is, especially, you know, because as a priest, I've heard people come to confession and say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been 45 years since my last confession. And it's beautiful. It brings you to tears just thinking about how wonderful it is to be in that powerful act of mercy. But for us, we have the opportunity who are invited to come regularly to take that account so that we can continue to grow. If you don't believe me, go to confession every month for the next year. I guarantee you it'll change your life. You can call me next year on September 17th. What was it? September 17th? 18th? No, it's the 18th. Okay, September 18th, 2023. Grab my business card out in the lobby. It's got my cell phone number. Call me, text me, tell you how your year has been. I guarantee you it's been better. Why? Because when we reflect upon our life and give it to the Lord, He gives us infinitely more in return. He doesn't just praise us. He lifts us up and makes us holy. He helps us to grow in virtue and in grace so that we can help and share, we can help and share in 
the good news with others as we are with the gifts we have, with the shortcomings we have. And there's no greater example for us today than the prophet Amos. Amos is one of, if not the oldest, of the Old Testament prophets. Amos had no business being a prophet. Amos was a sycamore dresser. And God came to him and said, go and prophesy. And he went, not as something, anything other than what he was, a dresser of sycamore trees, a tree farmer. He went in humility. He went with integrity. And he shared the word of God. And it changed the world. His story is your story and my story. If we but listen to the word of God, take account of our lives and bring it to the master.